the American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We, we must be in the back. Hey, broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfort, Pennsylvania, worldwide on the Worldwide as National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and any place else you hear or see the show. Welcome to two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. I am your host, Peter Seraphine. Tonight, I want to talk about, uh, well, people are getting stupid, and I have proof. But also tonight, I've got Brent Hamachek from Common Ground Campus, going to be joining us at the bottom in this first hour. At the top of the second hour, we've got Dave Summerall from StopHate.com, the justice for January 6th crusader that he is. And, yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know. I hope you all had a fabulous Memorial Day as much as I hate saying happy Memorial Day. There's got to be a better way to say that. You're, you're supposed to be memorializing the dead. That's not a happy thing. But I don't know a better way to say it other than, you know, remember Memorial Day or something like that. But anyway, it is what it is. So people are getting stupid. And there's actually proof now. Now, CNN did a story. I know, CNN. CNN did a story back in 2018 that said that, you know, there was a steady decline in IQs, but they didn't really have any hard data facts. They had touchy-feely kind of study things. But one study that just came out this past spring, you probably already heard about it. It's been out for a little while. A study that's done by Intelligence Online. They've been doing the study for about 30 years. And every, well, every decade or so, the average IQ of the American citizen has gone up three to five points. Until this year. This year, they put out the study, and for the first time ever, it went down. We actually had a drop in the average intelligence of the participants of this study, which is 18 to 60-year-olds. And I think that's important. I think the age range that they use for the study is important. And I also think that it's going to prove my point as we go on here. But anyway, we're starting to look a little bit like the movie Idiocracy. The documentary Idiocracy, if you ask me. It's, uh, if you haven't seen it, go find it, go rent it, go stream it, whatever. Idiocracy. Funny, funny movie. Stupid, but funny. And it turns out it, 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 it's headed toward being a, a documentary, which often happens with those supposedly satirical movies. So anyway, this is a live call-in show. Phone line is open, 512-248-8252. If you like the toll-free option, that's 800-313-9443. So why are we, why are we seeing 
this drop in IQs. And I said that the, I thought the age was important. Well, because I think a big part of the reason that we're seeing this sudden drop in IQ is the Federal Department of Education. See, anybody under the age of 47 got their entire education under the current Federal Department of Education, under their rules, their regulations, their control. Anybody over 47, like, I don't know, 47 to 58 or so, had partial Federal Department of Education influence. See, I, I'm 50. I So I started school, um, it was, see, I was born in 72... So, 77, 70, oh no, I, I'm wrong. Anybody under like 53, my entire education was under the current Federal Department of Education. But I think that in 1980, when the current Federal Department of Education was created, or came into being, they didn't have all the power and sway and influence that they have today. So, anyway, my point being, the... The age range, the 18 to 60, we're getting to the point that there's only like 10 years worth of people there who were not educated under the current Federal Department of Education, and then you've got like 30 or 40 years of people that were under the current Federal Department of Education. And now, so the balance is swung. It's an average report, an average test result. So... Do we really need any more evidence, any more proof that the Federal Department of Education is a failure and should go away? See, now that there's more participants in the study who have been through the Federal Department of Education system, indoctrination, whatever you want to call it, now we're showing this this decline. That's funny, funny stuff. But what are some of the other things that have contributed to us all getting stupid on average? Not all individually. I'm not calling you stupid. But maybe. I don't know. Look to your left. Is that guy stupid? Guy to your right? Is he stupid? <laughs> One of the three of you probably is. Okay, so we got the Federal Department of Education. Definitely, definitely a contributing factor. What about some of the other things that have changed in our world in the last 60 years that would make this happen? Shout out to some of the people over here in the video chat room. We got Sarah, who's sharing out the links to the show and being fabulous. Thank you very much. And then we've got Leprechaun. The Kentucky Leprechaun says, Grand Thursday, brother. Thanks. Back Right back at you, Leprechaun. Greatly appreciate Oh, and Leprechaun just also put it in. Political correctness hasn't hurt the adoption of stupidity. Absolutely right. I actually have political correctness as one of the causes in my notes. But I have it as a sub-cause of the political divide. So we have gotten to this team mentality where my team right, your team wrong, and it, nobody really thinks about issues anymore. 
And part of that came into political correctness, where, you know, now you can't say things that are logical if they might hurt somebody's feelings. You can't say facts if they might hurt somebody's feelings. Now, what does that do to your mind when you're growing up? You're a child going through this educational system, and now all of a sudden you've got this whole political correctness stuff, PC culture. Does that help you learn? I don't believe it does. Charlton Heston said, political correctness is tyranny. It's just tyranny with manners. And I absolutely agree with that. You have the right to say whatever you freaking want to say. Now, me, I'm here broadcasting FCC rules and all that kind of stuff. I, If I cuss too much, I'm going to get kicked off the air. So there are consequences to what you say. And if you go into a job interview and you say stupid things, you're not going to get the job. See, consequences to what you say. But that doesn't mean you can't say that. But now you add political correctness into this mix and a young, fresh, squishy, moldable mind. Well, I can't say that because it might hurt somebody's feelings. So what else can I say? What can I say? It has to be a stifle to learning. Well, what about what we're doing right now, what I'm doing anyway, I'm surrounded by computer screens right now. I'm, I'm, I've got a camera in front of me with a computer monitor here, another computer over here where I can touch and play funny sounds. I got, a, I got a phone right in front of me where I'm getting messages during the show. What about all the computer screens? Hmm. Sure, we can get into that a little bit more. But first... First caller of the evening, Alan in Texas on line one. Welcome to the show, Alan. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Peter. You F and P O S. Uh, no, no, we 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 won't cuss on the radio. No, <laughs> just kidding. Hey, uh, no, you, you're um, you're talking about the downgrade in people's, uh, if you want to call it, cognitive functions, base intelligence, everything else. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my friend, I, I've sat on the outside of, of of the computer world, the internet. And definitely smart the smartphone world, and I've I've watched society, people, even good people, you know, degrade around me. It's like they they, they people that used to have some intelligence, you know, could could you know could uh, pay attention to the environment, you know, pick up on things, figure out how to do things for themselves. Now they don't know how to do anything unless they can access an app on their freaking smartphone. You know, right. they, 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 they don't have any retention of any knowledge in their brain because they, they live in the damn cloud or whatever you want to call it, wherever this crap is, you know? Well, I'm guilty of that. I, I haven't remembered a, a phone number in decades because all I have to do is start typing, you know, the first couple letters of their, that person's name and it pops up in my phone and there it is. And, and so you're right. Because it's right there, we don't have to remember it. And then your brain, kind of like a muscle, if you if you don't use it, if you don't exercise it, well, it atrophies, atrophies. It goes away. It atrophies, yes. Yeah. Now, how much? There, are, I, 
I don't think anybody can deny there are good things about the internet. Yes, there, there are. are there are very good things, but but you've got to understand. Before it was released to us, it was weaponized, and the good things are just like a teaser, like a like a carrot, you know, on the stick in front of the donkey, you know, pulling the cart. You know? Nice. It, it, but 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 ultimately. You're a slave, and you're being forced to work. You know, there, yes, are, there are good things. It's very convenient. You know, it it, it can very it can be very helpful. Um, but overall, when you look at the overall effect that it has, people have become uh, compliant, um, convenient morons. I'm sorry, you know. But well, it was funny. I I can't remember what I was doing, but I I was doing something you know handy slash mechanical recently, and and my beautiful wife was like, you just asked, well, how did you, where did you learn to do this? And I honestly couldn't remember. Like, it just felt like something that I always knew. It's kind of like, you know, changing the oil on a car. Yeah. I, I, it, it's, it's pretty easy. Crawl under it. Well, well, this is like a, a cousin of mine. They, they bought this brand new steel, you know, uh, you know, ex- extendable pole trimmer, and uh, and apparently at the factory the bolts hadn't been tightened down, so they pulled it out, and the, and the whole damn thing came apart. You know, the shaft came apart, and they tried to jam it back together, and it didn't work. And so you know, so uh, my my young cousin brought it up here, and we sat out here. And I'm like, well, do you have the instruction manual for it? Yeah, we've got it right here. Of course, it didn't even have a schematic breakdown of how the damn thing went together because they don't want you knowing that in today's world. And uh, so we sat here for a while, and, and I'm like, okay, let's do this, let's do that. And, you know, got it pulled apart, figured out how the collars and all, all the little lock nuts and everything went, to, went together in there, got it put back together. And and I, and I, and I turned to him, you know, we, we pulled it, started up, ran just fine. And I, and I looked at him, I said, you know, William, I said, you know what you ought to be proud of as well as me? We didn't have to go to YouTube to figure out how to do uh-huh. this. Right. You know? Right. It's the common sense, the, the, the you know. Anyway, another example, it's funny, go back, find, find an old owner's manual to an old car, like something from the 50s. You know, find an owner's manual to a 1957 Chevy. And in that owner's manual, it will tell you, the owner, how to adjust the timing, how to set the valve gap. Now you look at an owner's manual and it tells you, don't drink the battery acid. You can't even open up the hood without voiding your warranty in today's world. No, right. no, my friend. Exactly what you just said. I've got I've got a 1948 Ford eight-end tractor here, and I've got the original owner's manual uh, that that my, that my grandfather kept when it came. My uncle said he can remember the day it was delivered. It tells you how to strip that tractor down to the crankshaft bearings with an 11 16 inch wrench and a flathead screwdriver. You know, it's very <laughs> simple. You know, it, you know, it, if if it doesn't start, you know, it's like well, check the spark. If it if it doesn't have a spark, change the condenser. You know, if it, if 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 it has spark but no fuel, take the fuel bowl off. And the, and the carburetor is just so simple. I mean, you know, it's it's not real difficult. And uh, and this this damn tractor still runs from 1948. Mm-hmm. You can start it up and it purrs like a kitten. You know, yeah. very simple, very easy. Why did it all have to change? Government. Government yeah. had to change it. Government had to get involved. Here's another example. You remember back when gasoline, like when you had a, a literally a can, it looked a, a square or rectangular can that you put gas in, and it had a flexible spout on it where yeah. you could pour it into your chainsaw, your lawnmower, or whatever. And then government came around. Government came around. 
and says, oh, no, you have to have this anti-spill tricky dicky thing to make sure that you're not you know, leaching oil into the earth or gas into the earth or something like that. I swear right hand to God that I probably spilled 10 times more gasoline since they started adding those safety valves than I did before when it was just a little flexible hose. You've got to be some kind of an engineer to figure out how to turn the damn thing on so you can put gas into your car or your lawnmower. You know, it's like, why? You know, it's like just put a spout, you know, just put a plug on the end of it with a spout and you can take the spout off and pop the little thing on the back so you have an air drain and... You know, why does it have to change? Oh, well, you know, government restrictions, yeah, uh, making us more and more compliant, reliant, and um, less self-sufficient than we've ever been. I mean, it, Exactly. Yeah. Less uh, anyway, self- I, I, my friend, I, I, I didn't mean to stay on this long. I just wanted to call you up, and you were talking about, you know, just uh, what's happened. You know, I, I've actually got a friend that's been staying over here with me, and, and we found uh, – in. I've got, like, a 1980s Trivial Pursuit game, you know, and it's got, like, what, like a thousand cards in it, you know, six six questions on a card. And sometimes we'll, we'll be sitting here bored, and he'll just start pulling out these cards and start asking me questions. And I can generally get, like, three to four questions out of every six on a card, correct? And, he's, and he looks at me, and he's like, how in the hell do you know all this crap? I'm like, because I grew up with a brain, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've kept my own brain, and it's all in my memory bank. Not somewhere in the cloud or on a memory stick somewhere. You know, it's inside my head still. Anyway, thank you, Peter. I'll I'll let you get on with your show, man. Hey, thank you very much, Alan. So Alan seems to think that uh, Internet and these screens that I'm surrounded by, that that's a big part of why we're becoming a more stupid society. What does Sarah in Oregon have to say? Sarah on line three, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Hey. You know, free speech isn't free, but we, we have gotten stupid by not sharing out, sharing out links to every show that you need to listen to. And that, my friend, is why we're stupid. Bye! (laughs) That's a lovely tie-in, Sarah. Help the free speech networks share their links Send it to your friends and your family. Tell them who you're listening to, what you're listening to, why you're listening to it. We don't get, we on the right side of the political aisle, we don't get the help of the algorithms. Google and YouTube aren't helping us out. They're not out there finding us listeners. We rely on you for that. So please help us find listeners. Before we move on, talk talk about help let's talk about the wellness company for a second the wellness company is uh it's a great place to find a doctor that isn't woke a doctor that you can you know video call with or you know or or call call that can get you meds if you want to you know stockpile meds in case of the zombie apocalypse they'll help you do that if you want a doctor that's willing to listen to you who didn't go through woke indoctrination camp and is and really believes in you and your patient rights, then it's the wellness company. Go to TWC.health. That's TWC.health and use the code Lighthouse. This is radio for we the people. Liberty Lighthouse. Patrick in Texas on line one. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you very much, Peter. Um 
you know, speaking about, you know, dumbing down things, uh, the, uh, you know, you, a lot of these uh, old people, you know, they'd be driving like 40 miles an hour in a, you know, in a 50-mile-an-hour zone. And you would think that, you know, they have the most experience, you know, of everybody. They've been driving for like 50 years. They should be uh, racing around like they're going out of style. But, in fact, they have lost their ability to process. And, uh, you know, and so what you got to do is, uh, you know, is you got to get something that uh, speeds up your processing like a Pac-Man game. And that, that uh, you know, you exercise it, and uh, 40% of the people get uh, increase their, their ability to process. Um, and, uh, you know, just things like that you can do, you know, that uh, – and of course, you know, they, they're fluoridating all the water. You know, it's like, uh, it's like two-thirds of all missile water supplies have fluoride in it. And that is known to be deadly to your brain. Um, so, you know, they're, they're not helping. They're actually trying to, you know, if you ever heard the story about fluoride, how they had a bunch of, uh, you know, yeah. uh, contamination from aluminum and they needed something to get rid of it, you know, so mm-hmm. we'll just sell it to the American people. You heard that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the fluoride that you get at the dentist office is is not the same as the industrial waste fluoride that they put in the water supply. Yeah, I think we all know that. Well, no, 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 no. It's not the. Uh, well, as far as I know, it is. And uh, and uh, the, uh, the so these industrial waste product that they uh, that the aluminum company wanted to get rid of, and they just they just saw, you know sort of putting in the municipal water supplies. I, I know it sounds crazy, but you you can look into that. Uh, of course, they wouldn't do that to us. I mean, you know, of course, they wouldn't put anything in the air that would, you know, that would harm us with aluminum or something like that. So, you know, no, uh, no, no. Op- Operation Sea Spray never happened or anything like that either. Right, that either. Right, you know, they uh, they, they they sprayed everybody, uh, and uh, you know, as an experiment. And of course, they don't. They do it to the to the military also. It's known. It's a uh, you know they're they're experimenting on the, on the military. Always. Uh, so, you know. That's all I got. I just want to talk, tell you about that. You know about that. You know that, that you, there is things you can do, like you, you know playing Pac-Man. It speeds up your processing. Right. And um, I, I take my call. There's things that you can do to practice. Thank you very much for your call, Patrick. Mike in Kentucky on line three. You've got um, maybe three minutes before we go to break. Oh well, yeah. I don't know. Just, uh, since I've her and Alan call in, things have jumped around a little bit. Um, but uh, the, uh, the um, what was I going to say? The, there's people, there's cultures, there's groups that have started having device-free events because nice. they've realized that this, uh, and really, you know, probably 14 years ago with the iPads and stuff, uh, and I know some parents that would not allow their child to have a smartphone until they were way up in their teen years, yeah, and they sure. were socially shunned, you know. Sure. And some of them would end up finding a phone anyway. They'd have friends or something that would give them a phone. And, oh, yeah. Um, but, well, it's just uh, with the Amish around me. They find ways. Well, and uh, they end up with a phone anyway out, out by the office at their dairy barn or something. You know, they have a phone that's not just not in their house. Which to me is pretty dang smart because, from my research, that locally because of the problems that I exposed with the uh, domestic surveillance system that uh, I think had bad code in it in the 1990s, that just kept getting cut 
cut and pasted in as it went through the new phone systems, there's still glitches that happen that, that let the cat out of the bag that all these microphones are hot when you think the dang phone is on the hook. Like an old old black desk phone from the 40s probably could be listening in on a boardroom meeting or grandma with the milkman, you know, uh, <laughs> anything to blackmail extort, steal your ideas. You know, if you go right now and type in something you're looking for and it's not been invented, Google's going to steal your idea. Uh, of course for they are. Hey, thank you very much for your call, Mike. We're going. We're talking about how people are getting stupid, and we have proof of it. But next, we got Brent Hemachak on the other side of this break. Be back in three minutes. If you want this gun, you gotta come through us and take it one shot at a time. I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Of the first hour for June 1st National Intel Report. As I promised, we got Brent Hemachek joining us. And now, patriot, entrepreneur, and author, Brent Hemachek. Welcome to the show, sir. It's good to be back. I like the the ominous music bringing me in. That <laughs> sort of fits my general demeanor, I think, overall. I, I uh, so thought that was appropriate. Uh, very, very, very appropriate. So nice, so, nice to be back. We we were before you joined the show. We were talking about this new study by um, Intelligence Online that shows that uh, the average intelligence of the American citizen, age eighteen to sixty, has dropped for the first time in history. And uh, well, with your common ground campus stuff, you're spending a lot of time on college campuses see anything like that that might correlate agree you know agree disagree anything that goes well, along with that yeah so it's 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 interesting right that um i mean the ways we measure intelligence we use different forms of standardized testing and and those can pick up things they they pick up things that you learn they different ones pick up thought processes uh there's different ways that we decide to measure intelligence you know, one of the things I learned a long time ago, this actually goes back to high school when I was getting an education, we were talking in a psychology class and we were learning about gifted students and intelligence. And one of the things that sticks with me is that teacher gave an example of a test that's given to see how if children are special in terms of intelligence. They ask like a, a young grade schooler, you have a hundred dollars. Are you wealthy? And some kids would say, yeah, that's $100. That's a lot of money. And other kids would say, no, I need a lot more money than that. But a gifted kid will say, I don't know if I'm wealthy. It depends on what my neighbors have. 
So there's this this way of seeing that so that's almost innate, right? I mean, if you're doing that in grade school, you're picking up something special. But beyond that, when we start to measure intelligence, it's not just a function of what people know, but it's what they think. And we have known for quite some time that uh, I should say the way they think. And we've not been teaching critical thinking skills. Um, I think that if we were going to put one course into universal curriculum starting maybe in junior high school, we should drop in logic, which used to be one of the pillars of education, you know, going back to sort of medieval times and, and into the Renaissance. But it's not that brains are defective in young people. It's that they aren't being taught how to use them. Exactly. So, so um, I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't think we're devolving necessarily in our frontal lobes, but we certainly are devolving in our methods of stimulating them. And that, I think, is what we're seeing the result of uh, with the, the recent uh, report that you mentioned. Yeah, lack of stimulation. You, you were talking about the whole, the, you know, the gifted program. So when I was in third grade, I, I was tested for the, the gifted program. So let's see, uh, that would have been 79, 80, 1979, 1980, something like that. Mm -hmm. And all I remember about the test was it was a bunch of puzzles, like right. maze, maze puzzles and puzzles. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, each one supposedly had a, you know, a time, how long it should take the average kid to get it done or something like that. So they put me into the so-called gifted program, and, and the entire class was just that. It was just puzzles. It was making you figure things out for yourself with very little interaction from, from the, the teacher. Now, back then, you know, it was just one of many classes. So, you know, for half an hour, an hour a day, I, I left the third grade class and I went over to this other class and did this stuff for a while. Um, I don't know what happened to me. I clearly lost whatever gift I may have had back then. But it was all about puzzles and, and logical thinking and, and figuring things out for yourself. And we don't do that anymore. Um, here, you know, one of the comments from the video chat, I think... They don't actually think for themselves. The kids don't do it anymore. That's not part of the education we provide via the current federal department of education. Now it's testing and teaching to pass a test. Right. We do a lot of teaching to pass tests. I mean, in, in that part, that that's not new. That goes back. I mean, I've got, uh, I'm quite old, as, as people can tell when they run into me on the street. Hopefully they pick me up after they run into me. But, I mean, I've got daughters in their mid and early 30s, and, and they were teaching them to test, uh, you know, back when they were in high school and junior high, and there was all the preparation before the test because the school district was impacted by the aggregate test results of the student body and, and so on. But, um, you know, I, I think that... Um, in terms of the, the how to think piece, that's the part where, where we're missing. And uh, trying to get kids to understand that problem solving is, is something that is, um, is a technique. It can be developed. And it starts with, with rational assessment of the situation, looking at what you have, trying to look beyond the obvious 
And one of the impediments we have to teaching that today, you know, going back again to, you know, same, this is funny. I never know where I'm going to go when I get on a show with you, but going back to high school again, same psychology class hat tip to my old teacher, Ted Walker, the best high school teacher I ever had. We learned about this thing called eidetic memory, commonly known as photographic memory. This was counterintuitive. I didn't know this, but having photographic memory is considering a learning disability. So why, how could that be? Everything you see, you instantly memorize. You've got it. Well, because you instantly memorize it. And you learn that two plus two is four, but you don't know why. Right. So now what we have today is we have a new learning disability, and you don't have to have eidetic memory to get it. The learning disability is the Internet. And it is a learning disability because, in a sense, it operates like eidetic memory. So we don't have to necessarily know anymore. We don't have to have eidetic memory to know two and two is four. We also don't have to learn why two and two are four. We can just put in to our phone what's two and two. And then we get the answer and we get the answer to anything. So why study history? If I know that anytime a reference comes up, I'm curious about, I can quickly look it up. Uh, Why, why understand physics concepts? If if I know that if I'm confronted with something that somebody mentions, I can look and read it and then get a conversational understanding of it. So the internet has replaced eidetic memory as a learning disability that's far more extensive in its reach and all of America's youth to some extent or another suffer from it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was just earlier before you joined the show, we were talking, was, was had a caller on and, and said, you know, there's a lot of great things. It's, it's great to be able to look up whatever you want, but it's it, also, you're not using your brain anymore. You're, that's true. That's true. So I can I take a liberty and I'm looking at the the conversation things that are coming in on the screen yeah. uh, next to us. And I see that someone writes psychology and psychiatry are are pseudosciences. Uh, that's interesting. Allow me, permit me to share a different perspective. So I you mentioned I'm on college campuses all the time and I have been for the last 10 years. And before that, I was a volunteer high school teacher in a business class for about 10 years. So I've been around young people and teaching them for a very long time. And invariably, and it doesn't matter what topic I speak on, like at a college, kids will come up to me afterwards because they know they see online I'm a business person. And they'll say, hey, I'm studying business and I want to know what business book should I read? And I always give them the same answer. I tell them, don't read any of them. They're almost all garbage. They're just nothing but junk. They're filled with platitudes, phrases, and lies that successful people tell about how brilliant they are instead of all the luck they had to get to their level of success. Here's what I tell them. I say, read everything that Nassim Taleb has ever written. Read everything that Malcolm Gladwell's written and read it twice. And then read the FBI profiler's manual, because which is filled with behavioral psychology. Because... If you learn as a young person how not just to think critically, but to look at what you're being presented with, to look at evidence, if you will, if you're thinking of a crime scene. And if you learn two words, just two words, those two words are, is it? 
you'll go further in life in business or anything else that you can ever imagine because it is about challenging conventions. And in terms of psychology in particular, I tell business people all the time, take every psychology course that you can. Understand human behavior. First, learn language, take accounting, then take psychology and understand behavior, and then take whatever else you want because it's all junk. I mean, if you major in marketing and you go to work for a large firm out of college, you're not going to learn anything you just studied. You'll learn a lot, but it won't have anything to do with your college classes. They're junk. Yeah. But accounting matters because it's language. And psychology matters because all you need to do is know how to understand people. So there's a counterpoint to the comment. I hope the, the listener isn't offended. I don't mean any disrespect uh, at all, but uh, I do have a different outlook. I, I, don't, I don't know. I agree. You can learn a lot by studying people and behavior. Um, I don't know if it qualifies as science, though. Well, it's a behavioral science. There's different types of science. And, and, and science really is, truly is, properly understood, you know, the scientific method applied. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the, the great the formulation of Bacon was this, as he gave us the scientific method. And he said, if you start with certainty, you end with doubt. But if you begin with doubt, you will end with certainty. And the idea that that only applies to testing something chemically or in terms of motion or matter is silly. It should apply to everything that we do in the world of business and otherwise. It's what I've been trying to follow my whole career. I always start with doubt on every engagement, and then I try to work my way towards certainty in terms of what the solutions are. And in the case of doing it with business, that's a behavioral science, and that's psychology, right? So I need the language. I need accounting, but the rest of it, I've got to be able to figure things out. And I especially have to understand people. Yeah. You have to understand people to succeed in pretty much any business. Um, it's time. It's time for the little sponsor break. It's time for right to bear insurance. If you own a firearm, you need carry insurance, legal protection as a firearm owner and the most affordable carry insurance on the market is right to bear. So go to protectwithbear.com, protectwithbear.com. Use code Lighthouse. I'll save you 10% off of what is already the most affordable in carry insurance on the market. Protectwithbear.com. Use code Lighthouse. Thank you very much. Liberty Lighthouse, what talk radio should be. Okay, so we've already talked about the... Uh, screens like you brought it up previous caller brought it up we don't have to remember anything anymore because right. it's all right here at our fingertips all the time mm -hmm. but i wasn't it einstein who who said like there's no need in memorizing anything that's readily accessible like he supposedly wouldn't refuse to even memorize his own phone number because it was in the phone book well, we had a bit of a head start on the rest of us in terms of his other <laughs> men mental capabilities. By the way, I noticed that the the uh, listener wrote that they're not offended, so I just wanted to comment and say thank you. I'm glad I didn't offend you. Um, so, look, there's a difference in rote memorization, uh, you know, in thinking that some memorization doesn't equate to knowledge. So one of the things I always do when I work with and teach young people is I tell them, don't memorize, internalize. 
take the the concept, take the information, and figure out a way uh, to utilize it. And that's especially important with principles, right? You need to be able to understand them and apply them. Uh, certainly, some things have to be memorized. Some things are helpful to memorize, to have it. That, uh, but but on the other hand, memorization, the discipline associated with it. I mean, you can sort of equate it maybe to the military notion of marching up and down the square, right? Why do we march up and down the square? What's what's so military about that? Well, it's it's teaching us a way to uh, behave, uh, a discipline, right? Uh, a bit of uh, so, some form or other of structure. So I don't think that it's bad to be teaching young people to memorize, to be compelling them to do it in school. Because what it does do, and at least in theory, is it gives them a, a sense of intellectual discipline, forcing their mind to do something that might be unpleasant, but not damaging. And we have, we have lazy minds these days. We have very lazy minds. The critical thinking piece is what's really missing. And that inability, that inability to say, to ask, is it? This is what's missing from America. If you could say, what's the biggest thing missing in America today? It's two words. Is it? Look at what the failure to say, to ask, is it, did to us during the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Things, and of course, there's variations on it, right? I know somebody might say, you know, from an English perspective, well, is it doesn't fit here. But we'll take the two word variant of what works. We weren't willing to take on critically and ask that simple question in its right form of things we were being told that now we know aren't true. I understand there's a new commercial out today. I don't have the details. It was earlier this morning. I saw it, but it'll, it'll be out of a group of physicians basically confessing to the American people, we bought the government line. We listened to the CDC. We forced the vaccine. We killed people. We're sorry, right? So this is a powerful thing, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why weren't more physicians during the pandemic saying, is it? Is it safe? Is, is the treatment, is it really not effective, right? So losing that ability comes with tremendous tailing losses behind it tremendous tailing losses well and and those of us medical or not that were willing to ask that question were silenced deplatformed demonetized mm-hmm. you know i i i've lost my youtube channel forever um, you know dr peter mccullough the most published cardiologist in the history of the world was all of a sudden found to be a quack because he didn't believe what was being sent to him through, you know, via the government. So I have a, I have a mathematical equation of my own. And that let's, is that let's, let's, let's hear it. As long as it's not a math story problem, because my critical thinking skills are light today. No, it's, it's more of an algebraic equation okay. and it's X plus politics equals X, or equals politics. X plus politics equals politics. X can be anything. It doesn't matter. You add education with politics, and you get politics. You add medicine with politics, you get politics. 
politics corrupts every subject that it touches. So all of these medical professionals, well, they, they got sucked in by the politics of it. These, these are the people who, I mean, come on, what's it take to become a, a, a doctor nowadays? You got, you know, the 12 years of, of, of you know, primary right. school right. and secondary school, eight years to, uh, for, for just, you know, bachelor's and medical degree. Then what? Four years of residency, and then I, I, they've got to be in school for right twenty five years by the time that they they can actually call themselves doctor. How do you lose the ability to think critically unless that was shoved into your head without you even knowing it during that twenty five years of schooling? Well, the the my late dear friend who with whom I wrote. The book Zelenko, uh, Doctor Zev Zelenko, uh, complained frequently about the fact that doctors were uh, cited in researches of the of the professional professions. Uh, forgive the redundancy to be the worst critical thinkers, and that's because we've turned medicine over to to algorithms, and so we've removed the need to think critically. You know, we all love the character Doctor House on TV. At least I loved him. I thought he was sort of a role model, but. Um, his the way he approached diagnostics and what he did was the ultimate in critical thinking, right, along with snarky humor. But in the real world, the algorithm drives it. And if the algorithm drives it, you just need to know inputs. You don't have to think through processing. And if you don't think through processing in a patient diagnosis or evaluation, where are you thinking it through? Two thoughts related to what you said. With regard to your equation, very interesting. So when we did Common Ground Campus at Medina High School, last year in Ohio, one of the things that came up, we're talking about student rights and we're talking about what kinds of groups should be allowed on campus. That was one of the issues the students wanted to try to resolve. And so one member of the panel brought up the fact that she didn't think there should be political groups. And then they started to talk about some different issues like um, uh, a LGBTQ group in particular, I believe came up. My question was, so, and this might seem silly to your audience, or it might not. But my answer was, why is that a political group? And, and so and when they stopped, and then we started to pull it apart, and the high school kids did a better job than most adults do, right? Because they, they came to this realization that it's really difficult anymore in America to define anything and not have it be political mm-hmm. because we've made everything political, you can't talk about the weather. If you have a weather on campus group, it's going to become political right? because it's going to get tied into climate change. Yeah, because right? somebody's going to mention climate change at some point. Right. Right. And, and so that piece, um, that, that piece is interesting, right? So we, we, we make everything political. And part of what we're trying to do in the Common Ground Campus program is stop doing that, right? To do better is my... My partner, Felissa, likes to say. And well, so we're trying ties, to do better. That all ties back to your earlier writing um, about about the team mentality. Correct. We, we've picked our teams, and we no longer critically think we go along with our team. And oftentimes, we, you know, we, we you know, team right, team left. And, you know, I, maybe, you know, Maybe I have no opinion on climate change, 
But because my team says climate change is a hoax, then I have to go along with my team. That's that's right. It's one of the problems that uh, Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. will have in running for president is because right. he broke orthodoxy with his team on uh, the whole uh, pandemic. And because he broke orthodoxy, he wasn't a good teammate. And it'll be very difficult for him, even though on other, you know, typical team left issues, he lines up pretty well. Right? Right. He's fairly mainstream. He's a good teammate in other ways. But he broke orthodoxy on a recent issue that was the top issue, the most important platoon on team left. And they're not terribly forgiving. Neither is team right, by the way. Neither side forgiving when you break orthodoxy. The second point, though, on what you said, we were talking about doctors and how long they spend in medical school and then how they were, you know, if they spoke out, they're discredited and things uh, during the pandemic. And we also know that many doctors wouldn't speak out because they were afraid of losing their practice privileges and other things. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get that. But here's the example I use with this. And I, I, think, I think it's very, very relevant. And that is, so I've worked with salespeople for over 20 years, and, and I do national sales keynote speeches and the whole bit, right? So one of the things we always talk about with salespeople is the used car salesman, right? Or the car salesman, that stereotype. So let's say you're a new car salesman, and a couple comes in, and they want to buy a car, and you go in and you talk to the manager about the price, and he says, sell them the rust proofing. And you say, wait a minute, uh, it's a brand new car. They're rust proof now, boss, at the factory. We don't need to sell them rust proofing. And the boss says, sell them the rust proofing. Well, I don't want to do that. It's not right. They don't need it. Sell them the rust proofing or you're fired. Now, as a salesperson, you have a decision to make, right? You might have a hard time looking for another job. You might have, you know, eight wives pregnant or whatever it is, right? Really need your job. So then you, you go back out and you sell. You decide to sell rust proofing to that old couple. You know it's not the right thing to do. You know they don't need it. And you just did something that you didn't believe in. Guess what? Nobody's going to die from rust proofing. What doctors did was different because Mm -hmm. they were afraid of losing their privileges, because they were thinking about all their student loans, because of all the money they were going to not be able to make uh, if they weren't part of a certain practice. Because of those things, they sold rust proofing to the American people. They killed them. And that's very, very different. The used car salesman did the wrong thing, but he can live with it. And maybe later in the future, he can do better. The doctor that killed his patients wantonly out of his own fear of losing something. No forgiveness for that. None. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to turn. Nor should there be. Nor should there be. And uh, to all of them, uh, just shame on you for what you did and the way you victimized people uh, just to, to minimize your own pain or maximize your own pleasure. You should be ashamed. You didn't take a, uh, the Hippocratic Oath. You took a hypocritical oath. And, um, and Americans should be, A, aware of that, and B, not forget it. Absolutely. But I don't feel strongly about it. <laughs> no, not at all. It doesn't show. Right, I know. Two minutes. Tell us what you're up to and where we can find you. Well, we've got some, you know, we're kind of in a summer break here with the Common Ground Campus program. However, we've got some exciting things in the works that uh, maybe by the time, if you're crazy enough to have me back uh, in July, we'll be able to share some big news uh, in that regard. So Common Ground Campus is coming along. And in the meantime, I'm working on actually uh, two different book projects at the moment, one of which I can't really talk about. The other one I can say is my own. 
uh, on, uh, so on a political theory topic that I've been building out for a very long time. And I've started the writing, so that's good. And uh, otherwise, people can go to human events and other places and find some stuff I've written if their life is dull, boring, and empty. Humanevents.com, BrentHamachek.com, CommonGroundCampus.com. Yes. Common, I, I, I really commend you for the Common Ground Campus thing. That is awesome. To go to college campuses and, and get young people to sit down and and find the common ground and and not you know to take off their teammate hats for a minute that, that's an awesome thing to do well thank you i appreciate that and i always i always give the hat tip to my partner felissa blajek because if it weren't for her it wouldn't exist and she's put her heart and soul into it and i'm happy to be along for the ride and like i said we've got some exciting things for next time i'm here i think i'll have a nice way to tell your listeners to be able to support what we're trying to do. So thanks for giving me the opportunity. I always enjoy this. Thank you very much for coming on. We'll see you again next month, Brent. I hope so. (laughs) Brent Hamachek, everybody. We are, uh, we started out this night talking about how people are getting more stupid and some of the reasons why and how, and we're about to come up to a commercial break. On the other side of that break, we've got Dave Sumrall from Stop Hate. The Justice for January 6th Prisoners Crusader that he is will be joining us for his monthly visit. eh, I don't know. Who knows? You never know where the calls are going to take us. Be back in about three minutes, friends. Nobel Prize nominated for his COVID-19 treatment protocols, the late Dr. Zelenko created Z-Stack to help boost your immune system. And when you order Z-Stack, you're not only boosting your immune system, you're also supporting Freedom Fighters Foundation. So boost your immune system by going to ZStackLife.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Be healthier. Support the Freedom Fighters Foundation. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at ZStackLife.com. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat Hey, welcome back. It's the top of the second hour of National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio and Patriot Nation Radio Network, and anywhere else you find the program. 
as I promised, joining us at the top of this year's second hour is Mr. Dave Summerall. Here he is, the face of the Justice for J6 Prisoners Movement, a true patriot, Dave Summerall. Dave Summerall from StopAid.com. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, it's good to hear you again. How are you doing, my brother? I am fantastic. Well, that's good to hear, man. Always, every time. So we started the uh, show tonight talking about the new article that came out that said people are getting stupid, that the average IQ test has actually dropped. And I, and then, you know, we're going over some of the reasons why. And then Brent Hemacek was on, and he spends a lot of time on college campuses with his common ground cause. And um, it was kind of fun. Where do you want to go with this, with this conversation? Idiocracy. Straight Idiocracy. Up. That's in my notes to mention that. The movie Idiocracy is freaking awesome. And, and back in the early 90s when it came out, nobody knew it was going to be a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, man. Hey, I just heard a story about Idiocracy. I- I'll let you do the little pretext about the movie, but check this out. In the movie, the 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 uh, clothing person who does the... the what do you call it? The person that design? Hang on. Hang on. I don't know what happened, but your audio just went, went crap. Oh, it's terrible. Hey, why don't you disconnect and reconnect and see if maybe that works. Right. Thanks, Dave. That got ugly quick. But yeah, uh, the movie Idiocracy, right? If you've, if you've never seen it, got to watch it. Got to rent it. Got to stream it. Um, it's, it you know, a guy put to sleep in a, um, a middle, military experiment, ended up sleeping for like 500 years and woke up, and everybody is freaking stupid. And I mean stupid. And everything is done for them. It's it's not that they're stupid. It's not just that they're stupid. It's just that there's computers that do everything. You go see a doctor, and there's just this guy with a computer screen that points at little, basically, emojis that says, oh, this hurts and that hurts. And oh, funny, funny stuff. You need to, and truth, yes, you do need to see it, Truth Seeker Donald. You, you need to see it. Um, so... Dave Summerall, stophate.com. Let's put his website up on the screen for a minute. Uh, this is where you go if you want to find out anything about what really happened on January 6th. They've got a documentary called Bloody Hill. They, they have J6 documentaries and, and J6 funder, fundraisers. And January 6th, like, calls to actions, things that you can do. All of the stories of the people are here. Stophate.com is really where you need to go if you want to find out about the individuals that were involved in January 6th. And I, I can't tell you, you got to check it out and uh, and buy the American Gulag Chronicles book when you're there. That's a big help. And it's an awesome book. Dave's back. Let's see. Can you hear me better now? Oh, much better. It was like a really, really bad techno dance song for like, all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I was laughing about the shoes and, and idiocracy. They were looking for something. Oh, mother effort. I did it again. 
I tried to turn your volume up and it did it again. That's crazy. Shut up. Gun. It's the phone line. Let me phone line. Let me phone line. Let me phone line. I don't know. I don't know. It was there. It wasn't there. Now it's and now it's gone. You've got like no internet signal according to my little computer screen here. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, wow. Technical difficulties. So Dave's in a car doing this from a cell phone tonight for some reason. And uh, apparently he doesn't have the greatest internet connection wherever he's sitting. What's this person? True Seeker Donald. RBN had videos up before the J6 event exposing the planning being done on the left. I didn't know that. I'll have to look at that. That that would be interesting to see the planning that went on. So, until we get connected well with Mr. Dave Summerall, let's go back to the original conversation. So people are getting stupid. We have a we have a, a an IQ test that that says, you know, from uh, intelligence online that says that for the first time in history, IQ scores are dropping from 18 to 60-year-olds. Let's try this with Dave one more time. I promise I'm not going to touch the volume slider. I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I'll turn up my own monitor headphones if I have to. Or I'll speak loud as long as it's not techno again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All for a pair of Crocs. All I was trying to get to was the fact that the movie used crocs in the movie saying that this will never be popular we don't have, somebody came to the costume designer and said what if this shoe becomes popular they said they're so ugly and now <laughs> everyone has crocs i'm sorry man i think it's just really funny how idiocracy has come to a theater near all of us lately yeah yeah according to one of the people over here in the video chat room um uh, rbn republic broadcasting network had videos up about J6 exposing the planning that was going on before January 6th ever happened. You might be interested in that in particular. Oh, absolutely. There have been videos and and even a documentary or two about that because there were chat rooms, there were talks. And and part of that was that if Trump had won, they were going to wreak havoc in D.C. and shut down roads and and attack buildings and and the transportation system. And there were plans. They talked about them. I've seen the videos, and that's never addressed by any of the fake committees or any of the FBI or anybody like that. So it's no. true. I've I've seen it. No, they wouldn't do that. No, um, they would. <laughs> and if Trump won, they were going to go and and tear stuff up and burn stuff down. And uh, no. oh, you mean like they do for everything else? Yeah, like they did for months before J six, and we come up and. They shove us around a little bit, kill a couple of us, and we didn't kill anybody back, and yet we're the bad guys. I don't understand how, well, you know, it's just the way it goes. Well, it's because you're a racist, misogynist pig. That's what they say. I don't understand how that works. You know what I'm saying? It's really funny. But, yeah, you know, we see it more and more. Now, the courts are taking the money from these J6ers that they raise for their legal fees and their families and their stay-alive money for the last two years. You know what, 17 grand, 8 grand, 20 grand. That's not enough to live for two years. It's not enough to pay a piece of an attorney. It's not enough for anything. It's just more of the same terrorism from this government toward these people. More pain, more suffering. And, and it's intentional. Look, it's retribution payments, but it's not going to anybody. There's no, no victim for these things. I mean, right. it's the most fierce attack on freedoms 
in the whole J6 thing so far? Because what does it mean? What is it for? Is it purely political? Are they finally showing enough of their true colors? But, man, the dumbing down of America, J6 is a great example of that. We've been putting... Oh, we've been putting out information and videos, and and you have to spoon people, spoon feed people. You have to make videos short enough for them to stay interested. You have to, you know, carve everything down, cut it down to where it's just, you know, bare essentials, or or they'll get distracted or confused. And and people don't do their own homework. They want somebody to lay it out there for them. And, and I tell people all the time, and I know that we it's not 100% accurate, but I say the only successful war that we've ever fought is the dumbing down of America. It, it's been a complete raging success, and, and you can see it in our schools. You can see it in our workplace. You can see it in construction where I am. You, you can see it in politics. Plain as day, just listen to some of these people on both sides talk and say, oh, my gosh, if they can do that, why am I not doing that? Ask yourself, you know? And, and you said about, you know, doing your own research. Well, that's racist too, according to these, oh. the, the far left people. Like, even just saying, do your own research, that's some kind of racist dog whistle. It, yeah. It, crazy. It, it probably is. It probably is. But you okay. know what? I'll be blowing that whistle. Every, every time I see you, I have the problem of trying to recall the names of the four people killed on January 6th. And, of course, I remember Ashley Babbitt. I remember Roseanne yes. Boyland. I can never remember the names of the two fellas. And I, that makes me feel like I'm, I'm a, you know, somehow sexist or something. Nah, yeah, you're racist. That's what it is because they're white guys. I don't know oh. how it is. Oh, well, yeah, nobody cares about white guys. Why would I rem- want to remember their names? No, and the thing is, if they said it was heart attacks, who cares if it might have been a concussion grenade? They said heart attack. So Kevin, Gre- Kevin Greaston is the victim of the concussion grenade. Um, he's in the video writing history, getting CPR that we put out in June, almost two years ago. June 5th will be two years that we put all this information out, two years. And, and the other was Benjamin Phillips. Uh, he had a medical emergency and was never rendered aid by the police or the medics. They carried him to an ambulance because they couldn't get anybody to come help. So... Those are the two guys, Benjamin Phillips, Kevin Greason. And, and, of course, Roseanne Boylan's gotten a lot more attention. I'm glad Trump finally retruthed that after mm-hmm. all these years. After all these years, I just can't understand. And now, of course, Julie Kelly has access to the J6 footage. Woohoo! <laughs> I get some help, man. I, guess I, I put a post out yesterday that said, hey, everybody, all you J6ers, Go message Julie Kelly and tell her to help you with your case, like we did for the last two years, and see if she's as eager as we are to actually help J6. And here's the deal. Here's why I say that. I have an agreement that I signed with these lawyers and with the DOJ that I can't release any of this footage or I go to jail. She obviously didn't sign that same agreement. She got this stuff from Kevin McCarthy, didn't go through the lawyers. She didn't sign an agreement with the DOJ, so she could literally drop this stuff free and she said yesterday, oh, it's a daunting task. Maybe I kind of overestimated because I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take to get. Well, I've already been in this thing for two years. I know what's there. I've seen it. I study it. I've cataloged it. I understand how to navigate it. Why has nobody ever? She got on Benny Johnson and, and, and he was like, what are we going to see? Oh, you're going to see the police were really mean that day. Well, go to stophate.com. Scroll down to the video that says, 
What were the police doing on January 6th? And see what we put out two years ago. I don't know what takes everyone so long to catch up, but that's part of that dumbing down of America. And for two and a half years, we've listened about how Brian Sicknick was murdered by Trumpers and three (laughs) people died of natural causes and drug overdoses. And people believe that stuff hook, line and sinker. And that's how you destroy the American system, the Constitution and everything that we stand for. And they still believe it now. Because some talking head on MSNBC or CNN or whatever news outlet, some talking head said it and said it enough that they now, you know, that, you know, years later, people still believe it, even though it's clearly proven wrong. They know repetition. They know it's the game. They know it's voodoo of some sort. And even Biden himself just the other day said, oh, sick Nick was killed with a fire extinguisher. We know that's a bunch of hooky, and, and that's just Biden talking, you know, out the side of his crazy old mouth. But at the same time, man, it doesn't do us any good from left to right, from Democrat to Republican, because we can never fix these problems if we don't understand what actually happened that day, because we're not the bad guys that they say we are. And we get upset when the other side thinks we're these bad guys that they say we are. So there's that rub, and it's going to be permanent. If we don't straighten this out and you talk about dumb when people are referring to the same lies two and a half more years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, how's that going to make everybody feel, especially the true victims that are going to sit in jail for years and years and years if we the people don't do something about it. Right. All right. So time for to my sponsor spot, Romika Designs. It's R-O-M-I-K-A, Romika Designs. Father's Day is coming up this month, a couple of weeks away. Get Dad a custom design, laser engraved, laser cut, laser etched, laser design, just whatever, awesome stuff. He's got awesome stuff. One of my favorite things that, that my friend Ron over at Robica Designs did is he had a shot glass. And he had it engraved, and it said COVID shot. And then he had a second shot glass that said COVID booster, or second COVID shot number two or something like that. And then he had a pint glass that was, that was engraved COVID booster. And, and so you got both your shots and your booster all in a set of glassware. It was awesome stuff. That's Romika designs, R O M I K A designs.com. Use code lighthouse when you're there and I'll save you a buck or two. Uh, get, get dad something cool for father's day. Dad's appreciate it. Okay. So you, you mentioned January 6th and, and, how this about dumbing down of America. I think the whole January 6th story stuff is, is part of it. COVID was part of it. Like it was clear that if we had not been dumbed down, if we had not been stripped of critical thinking skills, then you know that they wouldn't have been able to get, get away with this. Nobody who well, has a, a modicum, of ability to think critically believes that knowing that hundreds of thousands of protesters were going to be there, that, that really the little bicycle rack barricades and, and police officers wearing styrofoam helmets was the appropriate amount of, of law enforcement to be there with hundreds of thousands possibly a million protesters showing up and everybody knew they were showing up. It's not like it was a big surprise. Right. No, but you know, what's funny. They had those big permanent fences up by January 20th. Yep. When Biden 
they came so uh-huh. that nobody really go and interrupt anything important. But, you know, there's so much about J6 that just, it pains me that people aren't more motivated to find out why their fellow Americans can be detained in pre-trial detention for so long. Let's just start there. care what they did. At that point, it's like, what about law? How did they trick these guys? Could they do that to me? Who's next? This is the same as civil rights, man. And I say we're we're three-fifths of a citizen again. We can't vote, travel, own a gun, use social media, bank, uh, anything like Airbnb, Lyft, any of those services. You usually can't work because you're doxxed. You know, your family, your church, your school, your community, your neighborhood got scared with the flashbang, so they don't trust you anymore. It's social terrorism. And, and, and now I keep asking people, when do we get our own water fountain? When do we get our own bathrooms? Because we can't do anything else with society. This is intentional. And, and who gave Biden and Pelosi the right to call us into a, a, our own class of citizen as an insurrectionist or a, like like Hillary said, you know, the deplorables or, or whatever it is. They don't have the right to do that. And, and it's so reminiscent to me of the 60s with the civil rights. Look, the majority of people that are in trouble with the DOJ right now are Christians. Who do you think those people were in the 60s? Same kind of people that are just willing to make a stand and and, and i'm telling you it's not just the j6ers it's the people that go to the school board meetings and say they don't like crt it's people that say next time that there may be something wrong with the election now that's seditious conspiracy now if anybody does anything about the election you're all guilty and that's where (laughs) they they set the stage for it Uh uh-huh yeah they um i don't know they've done this down to the point that to uh, True Seeker Donald here in the, in the Twitch chat room says that many just refuse to look for the truth and only believe the first story that they heard. Man, that's so important. So true. It's like a press release. And listen, even my pastor at my church breaks my heart because he said, I saw what I saw. I saw a bunch of people acting like children following a guy with buffalo horns and tearing the place up. Totally not true. Only what he saw in the news. I'm sorry that's who he uses for his sources. I've tried to explain it. Others have too. Some people just don't get it. And and, and that's the programming, man. And we've been priced out of the legal system. We've been priced out of that whole side of how to defend ourselves. And that makes it that much harder once you're in a situation like this to know what to do and, and what's safe and not. So it's scary for everybody. Yeah, it is scary. It's scary. You know, I've said from the beginning, you know, I wasn't there. I know you were. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I've seen videos of of peaceful protests. I saw videos where it got ugly. I saw videos of yeah. police moving barricades and, and allowing people into the building. But I saw people inside yeah. the building fighting. I've seen both. I wasn't there. I'm not given access to all of the information. But I, I'm smart enough to know that even if every one of those J6 prisoners was guilty of whatever they're being charged with, they shouldn't have spent a year and a half in jail before they even went to a trial. That's, That's not right. the American way. That's you know the right to speedy trial, the right to excessive bail, you know the, the forbidden of, of cruel and unusual punishments and excessive bail. These are foundations of human rights that because they were 
insurrectionists were just waved away. Yeah, and you know, in these court cases, they can't even use the First Amendment. And that's why they were there, was to exercise the First Amendment. But in court, oh no, we can't even use it or talk about it. That can't be part of your you know, defense. We have to not talk about your First Amendment rights so that we can interject the thought that you were here to overthrow the democracy, which is another line that they use all the time uh-huh. to program to thinking that we're a democracy. We're not. Yep. So it, it's more of the same. And, and listen, it's like a press release. Whoever gets that story out first, that's when we put our documentary out in June, just as fast as I could, of 21, writing history, R-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, and it's right there on StopHate.com. Go watch it. It's just footage from the day that was put in chronological order. It's 37 minutes long, and it will tell you more about J6 than Julie Kelly will in six months. <laughs> well, you just you, you touched on a couple of things here. Uh, uh, True Seeker Donald, again, over in Twitch, you know, we all hear, all we hear is democracy, 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 a.k.a. mob rule. Um, yep. We aren't a democracy. They, nobody was attacking democracy. At the very most, maybe, maybe a couple of people were trying to interfere with the con- congressional proceeding. Maybe. Right. But most people just wanted to say, hey, this is wrong. They were there to make their voices heard. That's right. And too bad they couldn't I- I- interfere with something that had already been stopped. Even if that was the intent, it was stopped. And, and that's a big point of contention with everybody. But, you know, most people didn't have that in their heart. They went to protest and to make their voices heard. They saw people on the grass and thought it was okay. So they went on the grass to, to find themselves attacked by the police. There's two sides to a story, just like there's two sides to that building. And like I say, if you let them all in one side and make them fight on the other side and then say they all fought to get in, you know, it's on us for believing their lies. They've never told us the truth before. I don't expect them to start on January 6th or 7th. So <laughs> the life, the deaths, you know, when people heard that a girl had a drug overdose that day, shame on you people for listening to that and believing it. You should have said, whoa, whoa, red flag. Two men died of heart attacks. How many died of heart attacks at other Trump rallies? None. Okay. Shame on you for believing that. That we killed an officer Shame on all of you for ever believing that for a minute. That's just the way I feel. And and that's how these J6ers feel. Shame on people for not believing in them, supporting them, and backing them. Through. Even Trump the other day said they're great people and they're being treated like hell. They deserve our support. Yep. And Brian and Debbie McCartney here. Where are the true Navy SEALs or Green Berets who should be breaking, them, breaking out the J6ers? I don't know not about that. <laughs> As if we're, we're, we're talking about just about everything. I mean, I hear that all over the country. When I go and speak, people say, can we get 100,000 people together and go get them? You know, they're spread out around the country. They're not all in one place. And, and, and that would take a lot of coordination for one, but it wouldn't solve our problem. No. And, and we really need to cut the, the snake's head off on this deal and make sure this never happens again because our government murdered people, just like Tiananmen Square, and, and then they're blaming us for it just like the media trick of the century. So Tiananmen Square is a great analogy. I remember one nation under God.
If you live stream, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is how this broadcast is being simultaneously sent to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Rumble. Not only that, but your guests can also pair their video platforms with your broadcast and have your broadcast on your platforms and their platforms all at the same time. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream, and I'll save you $10 off for the premium service that I know you're going to want. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream. Great stuff, Mike. Great stuff. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That, that was a little bit of sound from uh, the movie Idiocracy. And this is the final segment of tonight's show. And we've got uh, a, a caller on line one. Um, not sure. Are you there? Yes, Peter. This is Not Sure in, te- in Texas. Actually, my name's Alan. You know, I, I try not to call back in to give up. Man, uh, your last two guests, very excellent. Thank you, my friend. Uh, you've talked about the movie Idiocracy, um, and uh, you know, as Farron Schoff used to say, we're beyond idiocracy. You know, it, it, it's it's way beyond even what that movie depicted. Um, you're talking about about the deliberate dumbing down of America. Charlotte Iserbeet, God bless her. You know, she's not around anymore. Um, you know, I, I I actually had her phone number, got have her book. You know, uh, called. She lived in Dresden, Maine. You know, I, I've called and I've talked with Charlotte several times. Um, yeah, my friend, all this stuff has been planned long in advance, you know. And it, it's, you know, with, 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 with the, uh, what, what do you want to call it, the, um, everything that's thrown at us anymore, you know. It's hard to stop and think. It's like, just stop the minutia. Think about the real deep stuff, you know. Think about it and figure out what's really going on. And, you know, Charlotte Isabee, you know, predicted it. You know, she, she uh, went to all these conferences, documented everything they were going to do, the sexual revolution, feminism, you know, the homosexuality, the pedophilia, everything. That woman predicted everything because she was on the inside of it, you know. And, folks, y- you really need to get these volumes and, and look and read what, what's happened and how long this has been planned, what's happening now to us. And unfortunately, what will continue to happen to us, because most people don't use their own brains anymore. You know, you, you, your last two guests, you know, basically y'all were talking that saying it's like, no, really, people really don't think for themselves anymore. You know, I, I, I can remember I can remember when the first address I can remember living at was 202 River Oaks in San Angelo, Texas, right off of Goodfellow Air Force Base. I can remember my address uh, at the corner of, of, of River Oaks and Cellar Street. You know where where my my first memories came from. Uh, I, I I can I can I can recall phone numbers from my friends in Arkansas where where I basically grew up. You know I it's it's been eighteen nineteen years since I moved from Arkansas. I still remember my friends' phone numbers. I don't have to you know access my phone and look up the number. It's in my brain. You know it. Yeah, Peter, I, I I hate to call in twice in a show, but you know, but you know, I just had to call up as not sure because, like you, my friend, probably you never really thought yourself as being that intelligent or that that above anyone else around you. But in today's world, I feel like not sure. It's like 
you know, you've got one bucket of water with five gallons in it, another bucket of water with two gallons in it. How many buckets do you have? <laughs> you know, and, and it's like two. And he's the smartest person, on, you know, in the country. You know, it's just that's kind of the world we live in, my friend. I'm the, sorry, the, man. I, I'm sorry to go on a rant like this, but, but it, it's just, man, I, I just see the degradation in society, and I just, I, I miss it, man. I, I miss the old world. Well, the book that you're referencing, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America by Charlotte Thompson Isserby, um, yeah. was, it's it's available online, according to a, an earlier comment in, in the video chat room from like 20 minutes ago. So it's available online for the reading. Look it up. Yeah. The deliberate dumbing down of America, everybody. And regarding the last two guests, that's uh, Dave Sumrall and Brent Hemachek. They joined me the first Thursday of every month. So if this is your first time hearing them, they'll be back here next month, the first Thursday of every month, those same two guys. Well, well, well you know, Peter, I, I, won't, I won't stay on too much longer. Right? You know, you said you're surrounded by computer screens and everything. Uh, right now, next to me, I've got a like a four-year-old Labrador Retriever and about a six-year-old baby whitetail fawn, and and I got I got this little deer after my last radio show Sunday night, and I've not laughed this much in in a year since I had my last little fawn that got kind of taken from me. Uh, you know, I, I I live with nature. I I love nature. I love the old world. I love old school. There are good things in the new world, but man, I, I'll let you go on that. And uh, actually. Uh, I've got a phone number for you, and after your show, I think I'll probably give you a call if it's still the same number, if you haven't changed well, anything. Well, I haven't changed anything. However, right after this show, like as soon as I get off air, I'm going on to another show as a guest okay. or uh, on, on, on another network that shall rename unnamed at the moment. Um, well, so, uh, so tonight's yeah. not going to work, but you, know, you can call me during the day pretty much any time. All right, Peter. Hey, I'll, I'll give you a call on your on your own phone number sometime. I don't, didn't want to take up. I, I I hate calling in twice to a show. You know that's kind of a you know being a pest. But no no good conversation. Everything. Uh, take care, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to take his place in the calls and and be the next caller, get on the radio worldwide. It's five one two two four eight eight two five two. Or toll-free at 800-313-9443. And the theme of the show, apparently, is the movie Idiocracy. We're talking about the dumbing down of America, how it happened. And this all started because a couple of months ago, a study came out that showed that the average IQ in the United States has dropped for the first time. So my first instinct was uh, Federal Department of Education. And that was the majority of it. Like, that's what I really think the problem is, is that the federal government should not be involved in education. Then we got to the computer screens and the social media and the fact that we don't even really have to use our brains anymore. Everything that you could possibly want to know, you can pick up your phone and say, hey, Siri, or hey, Google, and ask it a question, and the answer just pops up on the screen for you with little to no work. But I think there's more to it than that. I think that, well, I think the lack of of church-run schools is a big part of it. Because I think morality being driven from society is a contributing factor. See, the first schools in our country were 
run by churches. And, and Sunday school was originally for churches to help teach kids to read, to help the homeschooled. But I, again, I think it's more than that, too. I, I think that a lot of this stems from the fact that both parents are working more often than not in today's world. So, so parents are no longer involved in the education of their children. We don't have, your parent isn't likely to be part of the PTA if both of your parents have to work. So you're not right there. You don't really know what's going on in school. And we, I think COVID kind of put a, a big shiny spotlight on that. A lot of parents were forced to see what their kids were being taught. So, of course, that goes back to, well, that goes back to World War II when the women entered the workforce because the men were all off fighting more. And then the men came back and were like, hey, you don't have to work anymore. And the women are like, yeah, but I kind of like working. Then you had the whole feminist movement that went along with it. We're like, well, we're just as good as you, which is fine. I don't care. Women can, they're just as good as men in a lot of jobs. But then now both parents are working. And then come with that, you know, the prosperity that came after World War II the keeping up with the Joneses, the materialism. You got used to having two incomes. So you can't give it up. You can't go back to one parent staying home and raising your kid and being involved in their education. Because you have to have the 60-inch flat screen, the brand-new car every two or three years. I think that has a lot. I, of all the things we've talked about so far, I think that might be the biggest contributing factor to the dumbing down of America. Is both parents working, no stay-at-home parent, and no involvement in the school system. Brian and Debbie McCartney says they used to always talk to Charlotte by email, and she always answered. That that was um, Charlotte Iserby. That's awesome. Good to know. True Seeker Donald says homeschool. Yeah. Homeschooling is awesome. A lot more people are starting to do that. It's becoming a thing. There's a lot more, a lot more resources out there to make homeschooling more, I don't know, manageable. To more people. And with COVID shining the big ugly light about how ugly our education has gotten, homeschooling is becoming an option for more and more people. So I'd like to hear what you think. Why has the American, the average American IQ dropped in the last decade? Why did that happen? 814 248 8252. Or 800-313-9443.
and the dust storms. Are we running out of French fries and burrito coverings? What the? I don't know. I had something I wanted to play, but apparently it's not working. It's like two things playing together. Uh, hello, is this Pizza Hut? No, sir. It's Google Pizza. Oh, I'm, I must have dialed the wrong number. No, sir. Google bought Pizza Hut last month. Well, uh, I'd like to order a pizza. Do you want your usual? My usual? You know me? According to our caller ID data sheet, the last 12 times you called, you ordered a large pizza with sausage and pepperoni. Um, y- yeah, that sounds great. That's, I, that's what I want. May I suggest that this time you order a pizza with ricotta, arugula, sun-dried tomatoes, and olives on a whole wheat gluten-free thin crust? No, I don't want a vegetarian pizza. Your cholesterol is not good. My cholesterol? How do you know that? Well, we cross-referenced your home phone number with your medical records. We have the result of your blood tests for the last seven years. Okay, but I don't want a vegetarian pizza. I have medication for my cholesterol. Excuse me, sir but you have not taken your medication regularly. According to our database, you purchased only a box of 30 cholesterol tablets once at Lloyd's Pharmacy, four months ago. I bought more at another pharmacy. That doesn't show on your credit card statement. I paid cash. But you did not withdraw enough cash according to your bank statement. I have other sources of cash. That doesn't show on your latest tax returns unless you bought them using an undeclared income source which is against the law. What the hell? I'm sorry, sir. We use such information only with the sole intention of helping you. This is all for your own benefit. Enough already. I am done with Google and Facebook and Twitter and all of the others. I am going to move to an island with no internet, no TV, no phone. Get away from this Orwellian nanny state. I understand, sir, but you need to renew your passport first. It expired six weeks ago. <laughs> oh, that's what—that's the world we're heading to. Like, that—that's where we're going. That's all there is to it. All right, so we're getting stupider. We got the fact that both parents are working. We got the materialism that—that that is that the feminist movement that got the women back in the workforce. The lack of parent involvement in the schools and in education. Then we have. The Federal Department of Education created in 1980. So anybody under, I don't know, 47 has had all of their education during the the Federal Department of Education years. And we all know the federal government doesn't do anything effectively or efficiently. What have they done to help the education system in this country? And then, oh, yeah, True Secret Donald, just the NEA, the National Education Association. What about that? What about the union involved in the, in, in the schooling systems? I'm sure that hasn't helped any because if just looking at the, um, again, going back to COVID, the, the big giant spotlight that COVID shined on what was going on in our world, the union fought to keep kids out of school so that they, the union teachers, didn't have to go to school and work. Even though there was tons of science from this country and other countries that said that there really was no risk of COVID in the schools. But the union buddied up with the government 
and kept that from happening. <laughs> and Mike, our producer, just put in uh, the uh, it, in our little private chat. He's you know the nine most terrifying worlds words. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Ronald Reagan. And that's right. The government doesn't do anything effectively or efficiently, and we have handed over education to them. And now, was 50 years later, 43 years later, we're finally starting to see the results. And they aren't good. The computer screens and the smartphones and the social media... A lot of people blame that for the dumbing, of, dumbing down of Americans, and that's partly true. I'm sure that's a contributing factor. But I, after sitting down and doing this research and thinking about this show, about how I was going to do this, the first thing that came to mind was the Department of Education. But then the computer screens. But the political divide, when, when that came into my head, I, I was a little surprised that a political divide would be a contributing factor for people getting stupid. But I think it's pretty clear that it is. Because of, like Brett Hamachek says, because of the team mentality of it. Because of the team mentality, my team's good, your team's bad. Don't think about anything else. Anyway, shameless plug to ask you to support my show. Support this show, support my broadcast, help me pay my bills by going to liberty-lighthouse.com and, uh, and buy something. Liberty-Lighthouse.com, click on the shop button, buy a t-shirt, buy a bumper sticker, buy some vitamins, buy, you know, a whiskey glass. I usually sit here and broadcast with a whiskey in my hand, and you can uh, you can get a, a whiskey glass with my logo on it and have a whiskey while you listen to me, or something else. Support my show, support my efforts, help me pay my bills by going to liberty-lighthouse.com and buy something from the shop. I'd greatly appreciate it. Oh, boy. You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse because America is worth saving. One of the comments over the video chat is the mainstream media is the enemy. Well, the mainstream media is part of that political divide, the team left, team right, I don't know, team collectivist versus team individualist. I, I don't care how you label them versus us. The team mentality really is the problem. Like I, like I said earlier with Brent Hamachek on the line, if, if I don't have an opinion about a particular topic, topic let's you know, climate change. Maybe I haven't done a research, done enough research. Maybe I don't know. I don't care. Doesn't bother me. I'm not going to investigate whether or not climate change is man-made. But my team, which is Team Right, 
My team says that climate change is a hoax. So I'm more likely to dismiss any climate change thing that I see, even if I'm not doing it on purpose. I've, I've predisposed to go along with my team. And therefore, I'm not going to do my own research. I'm not going to form my own opinion. I'm just going to follow my team. That's not a good thing. We need to go back. We need to go back to critical thinking. We need to teach kids how to think not what to think. A child shouldn't question gender. A child knows when they look at somebody, it's like, hey, that's a boy, that's a girl. It shouldn't be something that's discussed with children. Unless and until one of the what I consider to be mentally ill people comes around and cross-dresses or introduces themselves as they, them. And then, okay, now you might have to discuss it with the child. But personally, I think that discussion should probably start with something to the effect of, well, he's mentally ill. And we're just going to call him they. Because I don't know what that mentally ill person is capable of. But how do we go back to teaching common sense? How do we get critical thinking back into our schools? It's the cliche. The, the answer is the cliche that you hear all the time. Run for your local school board. Get rid of the people that are doing the critical race theory and the Oh, we have to be super inclusive and all that. Get them out of your school board. And you have to also have people on your school board willing to turn money down. That's how our federal government reaches all the way down to your local town. Because our federal government takes your tax money and holds it out like a carrot in front of these local school boards. Well, if you'll do this little whatever woke agenda item it is, if you do this thing, we'll give you a grant. We'll give you X, Y, or Z. You need to have people on your local school board willing to say, eh, no thanks, we don't need that money. And you might think, well, all of my kids are grown. Hey, I fit that category. As of tomorrow, my youngest child is graduating high school. So I'll be in that category. If all of my kids are grown, why should I care about my local school board? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the national average IQ has dropped. 
People are getting stupid. Do you want everybody around you to be stupid? Do you want your doctor and your retirement years to be stupid? Do you want the people that take care of you in your twilight years of life to be stupid and woke? Super inclusive, touchy-feely, friendly people that went through the education system in the direction that it's heading now? Or do you want the people taking care of you later in life to have a little bit of common sense and the ability to critically think and actually understand right from wrong, left from right, black and white, boys from girls. That's the kind of person I want. And it all goes back to run for your local school board. It's a cliche, I know. And until... A few years ago, when I started paying attention to politics, when I started this show, when I wrote my books, until then, I never understood how important your local school board was. But I get it now. Your local school board is the future of our country. Your county sheriff might be the future of your rights. But your local school board molds and shapes the minds of the people that will lead our nation. And it really is that simple. I I don't want to keep repeating that, but I don't know. Like, it's so cliché. But it's also so true. I need to figure out. I think I need to write an article about that. As much as I hate to write, every now and then something stuck in my craw, and I feel the need to write something. Maybe that's the next article I'm going to write. Is why is the local school board the future? That's what I'm going to do. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, it's almost end of the show. Oh, wait. Tell us a uh, note from the producer. Tell the listeners from Mike, the producer, we thank you for all the support. and We'd like to take a moment to give you some support. We've had a greatly needed response lately that has allowed us to keep up with our bills and feed ourselves. Oh, so it's a thank you to the listeners for helping to support RBN. Greatly appreciate it. And yeah, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much for helping support. And uh, what's what to you, Peter? Tell them. <laughs> And you want them to support me, too. Yeah, I Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I greatly appreciate that, too. This is, <laughs> I, <coughs> pardon me. 
I think I told you. I figured out my taxes last time around. I, I, I think I lost like $400 last year in my political activism and my own show and stuff like that. So I'd like to get to the point where I'm just not losing money. So any support you can give me, I'd, I'd appreciate it. But really, thank you for helping RBN. RBN was, was going through a rough patch there after the founder died. Happen, often happens. And uh, you listeners have, have helped, kept us on the air, and we greatly appreciate it. And if you are listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, stay tuned for Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett, who's doing a Demolition Man-themed show tonight. Thank you to our guests, Brent and Dave, for joining us this evening. Thank you, Mike, the producer. Couldn't do the show without you. And um, thank you most of all to you, the listeners and callers. You're why we do this show. Thank you. And until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. Take America back. We must take America back. The next time you're looking for audio equipment, I want you to think M A O N O. That's right, Mayono.com is quality audio equipment at affordable prices. The Mayono Caster that I use for all of my broadcasting is one-third of the price of the more famous alternative on the market. Microphones, stands, cables, headphones, audio interface equipment, all at mayono.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at M-A-O-N-O dot com.